So, John, what activity would you miss most if you lost the bottom half of your body? If I lost the entire bottom half of my body? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, aside from the obvious... Mm-hmm. Your dancing feet? Well, yes, that, well, that's, <laughs> that's what I was building to, aside from the obvious. I feel like my river dancing days would be behind me. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that would be a sad time. We've, we, we, we've all enjoyed a merry old dance. Yes, we have, yeah. Feet of flames, yeah. <laughs> I was the only male lead of the... I was the Michael Flatley of my primary school, I'll have you know. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Wow. Because that was when Riverdance hit, like, you know, mid-90s. I was about eight or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was part of a whole choreographed production. We did a whole Riverdance routine, and I was the only boy. Wow. Which made me de facto Michael Flatley of the group. What, why were there no other boys? I think they Did had you them. go to all, all girls school? No, no, there were many other boys. They just didn't want to do river dance. But I was like, sure, I'll take that spotlight. <laughs> you just couldn't keep me down. My talent was just too big. All right, okay. My feet were on flames. I was yeah. the lord. I was the lord of the dance. Okay, but where did that talent go? It's still in there. I just hide under a bushel a bit now. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Please keep it there. Everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we're pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-offs to Wicka Wicka Well. Wicka Wicka Well. Okay, well so th- there's your first drink. How long did it take one of us to get to making that noise in this podcast? <laughs> That's what this film's called, isn't it? Well, yeah, sure. I, I was going to take the high road and not mention it, but right. sure. <laughs> uh, we'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing from my listeners with the submissions they've posted on Facebook and Twitter. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favorite, favorite moments. And get a bit of a plot summary. I am Harry, the host with the most drag experience. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, we can all agree, agree on that. Mm-hmm. And joining me is always the host who's most likely to lose the bottom half of his body in an accident and try to take over the world as some sort of revenge. It's John Lucas. It's my dream. <laughs> Manifest <laughs> destiny, baby. <laughs> yeah. So this is the first, uh, first episode in a season that I am naming The Pursuit of Rappiness. The Pursuit of Rappiness. I mean, when did you come up with that? Um, when I listened to the Weekly Planet a few years ago. Oh, so it's their joke. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that's very clever. I would love to pass it off as yeah. my, own, my own joke. But, uh. Well, good on you for being honest. But. <laughs> um, yeah, Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. Had you seen this before? Yeah, quite a while ago. So I don't remember all of it. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think I remembered how insane it is. Yeah, I mean, the intricacies of the plot yeah. are not really <laughs> worth remembering, particularly, because they don't exist. Yeah. This is my first time watching this. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, I expect, I knew that this was like a bad movie, like an infamous bad movie. Mm. I didn't expect it to be so incoherently I didn't insane. Think, I didn't think this movie was awful. Like, I didn't think it was great. Don't get me wrong. And like, I'm well aware that it had a ridiculous budget for what turned out. Yeah, I mean, God, yeah, you could just watch somebody burning dollar bills on a screen <laughs> that have basically the same effect. Like, but this didn't feel like an absolute train wreck to me. Oh, I disagree. Really? Yeah, strong disagree. This this was absolute mess for me. Yeah. The, the main thought I had watching this was I would love to have been a fly on the wall during the <laughs> editing process of this film. Yeah. Like when somebody was given all of the footage, because it, it just felt to me like they just threw their hands up and gave up. Mm. Like, guys, I have nothing. Yeah. Like, you have just given me a bunch of random scenes. I cannot turn this into a story. Like, mm-hmm. Because this film... 
It is. It, it's so bizarrely edited. It makes no sense. Like, <laughs> not one lick of sense does this movie make. Good luck with the plot summary. Thanks. Seriously. Thanks. Like, I don't even know where you're going to begin and end with that. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, I didn't... I wasn't bored, but there was definitely a point about maybe 20 minutes to a half an hour in when I disengaged. Mm-hmm. When I was just like, attempting to follow this is a fool's errand. So mm. I'm just going to let it happen and I'm going to like, yeah. you know, just look out for memorable moments because there's no plot in this movie. <laughs> so why even try and like, there's no personalities, there's no characters, so there's mm-hmm. nothing to follow here. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, at that point, I just kind of gave up. Yeah. But I, I still watched it, but I was just like, I don't need to give this all of my attention. Because yeah. God knows nobody else did in the making of it. No. Yeah. I still kind of enjoyed it. And, and me and Louise made it most of the way through before we uh, lost attention. And it, it was when, near the end, when Kenneth Branagh does a monologue that goes on for just a bit too long. I mean, which one? <laughs> That's his entire character. Yeah, well. But, yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that. Um, the funny thing is... When this film came out, I do have a strong memory of this film coming out. Um, 1999, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Because... It was about the time of the millennium. It was definitely this era of Will Smith. Yeah. yeah. Like, he was on top of the world. This mm-hmm. was like peak Will Smith. Mm. Just off Men in Black, I think that was the year before. Mm-hmm. Independence Day, just before that. Independence Day, yeah, exactly. He'd had all these big hits. And at the time, I was 13. So I, I wasn't... At the time, I wasn't really following the box office grocers. Mm-hmm. Like that. I wasn't like a bit, as much of a nerd of that as mm-hmm. I am today. So I actually, it took me a few years to realise that this film was a huge, like, infamous flop. Yeah. Because at the time, even though I, I never saw the film, because mm-hmm. I had no interest in it, but the song, mm-hmm. Wild Wild West, was a huge hit, and it was mm-hmm. everywhere, and it, like, was around forever. Yeah. So I just assumed because the song was so big, oh, the film must have been a big hit too. And then years <laughs> later, obviously, it turned out, no, absolutely not the case. Mm. And it's funny watching it, Back now, the song has nothing to do with the film at all. <laughs> like they're I, just—I don't really know the lyrics to the song that much. I don't really mean the lyrics necessarily, but it's just like I like the style. It just comes out. Yeah, it really comes out of nowhere. It was yeah. at the end of the film. You know, the film ends, and I kind of did a, did a deep exhale of breath, just like, <laughs> and then suddenly it's, it's like not you know, a long film either. It's not that long, but it's no. just like it's just so much. Yeah, and then the the song kicks in, Wild mm. Wild West. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's that's what this is famous for. Yeah, there was a song, but. Yeah. Because he's... I mean, I guess he wasn't a rapper in Men in Black either. Character-wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it just felt like it aligned more. Like, the, the, the it felt like the song from Men in Black mm. was more... It was like a Bond theme, but in a modern twist, with you know, mm-hmm. a Will Smith twist. Mm-hmm. And it felt... I don't know, it just, it just felt like it all fit together. Like, the song was, like, branding for the film. And it mm. all... Whereas this, at the end, I was just like, oh, yeah, and there's that... I guess there's that song mm. that's pretty catchy, but... It's nothing to do with this film. No. <laughs> it was strange. Yeah, yeah. Shall I get on with the plot summary then? I mean, Godspeed and good luck to you, but sure. All right. So we start off in the, the Old West. The Old West, the 80s. Um, in yeah. the 1860s or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And do we start off with uh, Will Smith in a water tank? Well, I mean, there's a brief cold open where some random guy gets beheaded by a magnet, but we can skip uh, on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, we open with Will Smith. Yeah, Will Smith. He's in a water tower. Naked. Naked with some woman yeah. who... Well, he he's supposed to be working. He's like a US Marshal or something. Well, why no. are they having sex in a water tower? Because it's a romantic place to have sex, John. Come on, live your life. Come on, is it though? <laughs> is it really? Like, not only are they like sat there floating in like room temperature water. Mm-hmm. 
It's also uh, which is also drinking water. So thank you very much, Will Smith. I'm going to be drinking your spunk now. Great, <laughs> lovely. If I'm living you, in this you village, would, though, you would. I mean, I, I, yeah, sure, but you know, I'm sure not everyone feels that way. But also, like, I was, tra- I did find myself imagining the the build up to the scene. So let's say he goes to like some saloon or whatever. Mm-hmm. He meets a sexy lady. Mm-hmm. Sparks are flying. Let's find a place to rock mm-hmm. the Casbah. Let's climb up onto a water tower and get into a bunch of yeah, just like tepid water. Mm-hmm. Evidently very dangerous as well. Very unstable water tower. Just close <laughs> around there. And, yeah. Yeah. I didn't understand why he was there. Just, just what works for him, I guess. Okay. Sure, I guess. Fine. I don't know. Also, she's the only other black character in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> there are no other black people in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Which kind of becomes weird as the movie goes along. But anyway, Yes, we'll it does. So, yeah, people show up in the town... Um, and or while, while this lady is trying to snog him, yeah. he's kind of like looking to one side and like completely not he's into it at all. He's just far too into his job. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what? U.S. Marshal or something. So he's basically just like, I don't know, let's, say, let's just say sheriff of, okay. that, of, of that town. He's not a sheriff, but like... I mean... He, I have, he, he, he's an authority. I have questions about that, but we'll talk about it later. Okay, fine. Okay. Yeah, these people come and they're like loading up this horse carriage or whatever and they're not doing a very good job of it. And they knock over the water tower. Yes. Knocking Will into this building that he lands through the roof, completely naked, completely unharmed. Yeah, the first of many times when I just assumed he was dead. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't see this movie. He could be a zombie at some yeah. point, but no, like, yeah. And uh, yeah, somehow she manages to stay in the water tower. Yeah, is she just clinging how. to like Yeah, with all the clothes? And yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so he's naked in front of these three white presumed criminals yes um who are all pointing guns at him mm-hmm. and just not saying the n-word they're getting, oh, yeah. they're getting to the letter n before they get interrupted i mean that's a, a strong theme of this movie yeah but... i was not expecting this of all the things i was expecting this movie to be the amount of oh, racism yeah. really <laughs> genuinely shocked me yeah like... comment on black history this is not what i expected no 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 <laughs> But yeah, either way, uh, he apprehends them while mm. pretty much naked. I mean, you'd fully see his balls for a brief yeah. split second. Yeah. It, it reminded me a lot of Waterworld. <laughs> like, I, I feel like if any, if any like big star vehicle, sci-fi, action, fantasy, whatever film, if one of the first shots is of our hero's mm. balls from the back, because mm-hmm. remember in Waterworld he was peeing into the sea. Oh, yeah, yeah. If that's your first shot, you've not got a good movie. It worked for Terminator. Do you see Schwarzenegger's balls? You see, you see everything swinging around. Oh, okay. Well, maybe full frontal works, but from behind, not so much. <laughs> That's the rule. I feel like, yeah, there's definitely some kind of rule here. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Woo! That was fun. Which one of you boys wants to strip down and go next? Bet you do. Eh? Sure could use some clothes down here, ma'am. Well, well, we got us a shiny. Pants! Let's see. So, yeah, I guess he apprehends the man. I don't know. She throws him enough clothes that he's not actually naked anymore. Yeah. Uh, and he gets on a horse and carriage, which is running away, and it's holding, it's carrying like explosives or something. Sure. Which there's no explanation for. No, far, yeah, that's, a, that's, like that's what I mean. Like, in terms of what was his job, what was he guarding? What was he chasing them for? Like, what was this? What was this scenario? I'm not sure. I think he was tracking down the trumpet ear man. Okay, but I'm not 100 percent on that. But either way, this horse and carriage leads him to uh, a brothel. 
a saloon, a saloon, yeah. or mm-hmm. both, whatever. Same difference, really. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, that's where we got first introduced to Trumpet Ear Man. Yes. While he is picked out the the woman of his choice, which he does not realise is very very clearly a man in a wig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't really want to use the phrase drag queens. I don't really feel like this was that. Oh, I don't know. I feel like Kevin Klein, as much as he was clearly in drag, he was it was. Like he, he, he was, was full he, drag, but he, he true, yeah, no, it definitely was. But he was still behaving exactly like he wasn't in drag. I mean, yes and no. Yeah. Like, he wasn't obviously he wasn't fully committed because this film has a big issue with like gay panic humor. Mm-hmm. But like he was blended, like his makeup was. <laughs> he'd done his makeup, like mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a bad female illusion, apart from the fact that he was like six foot two. Yeah, it did make me laugh that he's working alongside. Sama Hayek, yeah. who is like one of the most stunning creatures ever to walk this earth. Wow. And everyone is just like so uninterested in Sama Hayek. It mm. seems like Kevin Klein in Widow Twanky Drat, in, mm-hmm. in Widow, in Widow Twanky Drat, I can't, Twanky Dwag, in Widow Twanky Drag, <laughs> I can't say it. Twanky Drag. In, you know, in Widow Twanky Drag is a lot more appealing to these drunk guys than Sama Hayek in like a short skirt and a low cut top, which, yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea for my new passwords. <laughs> Twanky dwag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really make much sense, but yeah. Either way, Kevin Klein takes that guy up to his uh, up to up to a bedroom. So we should say that this is uh, the guy you're talking about. What did you call him? Earhorn guy. Trumpet ear man. Trumpet ear man. He's, his name in the film is General Bloodbath McGrath. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's played by uh, Ted Levine. Mm who's probably best known for playing the killer in Silence of the Lambs. All right. Have you seen that film? Yeah, quite a while ago, though. Yeah, we can't do it because it's got sequels, but one of my favourite films. Mm. But he's the, uh, you know, obviously Hannibal Lecter, mm. but then he's the other killer, the one who's like, he puts the lotion on its skin or yeah. else it gets the hose again. Yeah. He's that guy, so yeah. All uh, right. But the reason you call him Ear Trumpet Guy is in this movie, he's like <laughs> this battle-scarred general mm-hmm. character who has this gross physical deformity where he's got like an ear trumpet like well, I think, a phonograph. I, I think that the whole side of his face has basically just been burnt off including yeah. his ear yeah. and so he has an artificial ear which is just this weird metal trumpet stuck in the hole in his head. Yeah. But there's a shot very in this saloon scene where he just and it really tears my stomach when he turns it <laughs> like face down and all the gunk comes yeah. out of it. Oh it was gross. Yeah. Like, who was that for? Who was any of this for? <laughs> I don't really think of it like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, either way, Kevin Klein takes him up to her bedroom and, uh, you know, starts sort of flirting with him a bit, but he tries to... What, is he trying to get information out of him? Or trying to yeah, so him or Kevin what? Klein is a secret agent. Yeah, so he's also a secret agent, just like Will Smith is. Yes, and his preferred method of infiltrating all of these gangs is mm. to dress up like Widow Twanky mm-hmm. and try to seduce... You know, and do and, and do his dwag. Do his dwag. So <laughs> I don't know why that happened. <laughs> Rather than like you know infiltrate the gang the traditional way, which would be to just like infiltrate the gang, he just defaults to well, I guess I'll just be a prostitute. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he takes Bloodbath McGrath mm-hmm. upstairs. Yeah, yeah. But there's a whole scene where because there's all these women and you know you've got Salma Hayek and mm-hmm. all these random extras and they're all lined up together and Bloodbath McGrath is looking at all of them and it's like and he's like fuck off Salma Hayek I want this beautiful mm-hmm. lady and mm-hmm. picks Kevin Klein. yeah well I think Kevin Klein just does kind of force that decision like 
Bloodbath McGrath is just about to pick somebody, but then Kevin Klein just like says, basically says, "Look over there," and then just like switches places with them. I guess, sure, uh, okay. and yeah, fair enough, fine. I don't know, takes advantage of a, of a drunk man, basically. Fair enough, fair enough, yeah, sure. But yeah, they go upstairs to a, a bedroom. Yeah, and well, it, basically it all gets foiled by, I think, Will Smith coming in and trying to get him as well. Well, is it? Kevin Klein is trying to get information from Bloodbath McGrath. There's too much plot at this point. There's too much and also none whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> but we, this is where we learn that he's basically, as well as being a drag queen, he's also Inspector Gadget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's got like all these gadgets attached to his... He's got, like, a boob boxing glove that he uses oh, yeah. to knock out a guy. Yeah. And also, underneath that, presumably, he has a boob hypnosis, where it's, like, just two, two like... Oh, hypnotic... it was in his belt buckle, I think. Oh, was that in his belt buckle? Yeah. Okay. So he takes Bloodbath McGrath up to a, a room in the saloon, and then he tries to hypnotise him into mm. giving him the information he's looking for, mm-hmm. which I think is the location of the scientists that have been kidnapped. Ah, uh, yeah, that's it. Well done. Yeah. 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 Bloodbath McGrath, I mean, God, we're reaching it. Bloodbath McGrath has been part of this movement where all these famous scientists are being kidnapped mm-hmm. and Kevin Klein is trying to figure out where they've gone and why yeah. they're stealing them. Yeah. So he hypnotizes him. He starts barking like a dog. Mm-hmm. It backfires. He, he tries to attack him. Mm-hmm. And then Will Smith just happens to be climbing up the window. I don't know why. And saves Kevin Klein. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? And then... Uh, all shit goes to all, 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 the shit hits the fan. The shit hits the fan, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There's just there's kind of there's a bit of a brawl going on mm-hmm. just in the whole building. Not like a full on brawl, which I was really expecting. Yeah, like it's the Wild Wild West. It's a saloon. All you want is one person to say the wrong word, and everybody starts fighting for no reason. Yeah, come on, it's easy. It's an easy joke. But either way, essentially the building pretty much gets evacuated, and then the horse and cart falls into it, and the whole thing blows up. Well, Kenneth Branagh is outside. Was he outside at this point? Yeah, because he was the one who fired the explosive device into the bar. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, so Kenneth Branagh comes in, and Kenneth Branagh is this guy who has lost the bottom half of his body, and he's in a wheelchair. We don't see all of that till later, though. But no, I thought we'd see it right away. No, we, Do he's we? just he's just like a shadowy figure in a carriage at this point with his three sexy ladies. Oh, my, I get mixed up. I thought there was the whole bit where he comes in and just sort of parades around for a bit. No, that's much later. Oh, is it? Oh, sorry. Um, Stick with it, Harry. This, the, the plot is integral to this. I'm doing my best. Well, either way, uh, the building blows up and everybody gets away in some form. Well, they don't show that. Like, this <laughs> but is nobody the, dies, though. No, but this is what I mean about the weird editing of this movie. Mm. Like, So, I can't remember why anyone else leaves the bar, but for some reason, Kenneth Branagh decides he's going to blow up this pub, mm-hmm. this saloon. I don't remember why he thought that was necessary. He mm. did seem like he was no part of what was going on inside. I think maybe to kill a uh, trumpet horn guy. Just, okay. just so that he wouldn't leak that information. That would make sense. I'm just okay, I'm, sure. I'm just spitballing it. For whatever reason, he do, he, he fires a he, he releases a like a barrel keg full of, of explosives. A keg full of explosives. Yeah. Will Smith and Kevin Klein are having like a fist fight inside the building, mm-hmm. and they see the barrel and they go, "Oh no!" And then there's this giant explosion. Mm-hmm. The entire saloon blows up mm-hmm. like inferno of flames. And at this point, as a viewer, I'm like, oh, I wonder how they got out of that one. Yeah. We never find out. <laughs> we just cut to another scene when they're just fine. Yeah. There's no explanation of how they escaped from that inferno, mm-hmm. what the body count was. Doesn't yeah. matter. Now we're just somewhere else. And so then I think uh, we catch up with Will Smith and he he goes to the president. He goes to the White House. 
Yes. Because um, he's friends with the president. Well, he's working for the president. He's working for the president. Um, yeah, so he, he goes up to the White House. And initially, they don't let him in because he's got guns on him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not the reason you wouldn't let Will Smith in in this time. Well, that's the thing that or I was... Or any conf- time. <laughs> that's the thing I was confused about. It's like, there are parts of this film which are so over the obsessed with the whole racism angle. Like trying to make a statement. Yeah, trying to be like, oh, it's the 18... 18- 60s and as a black man that means Will Smith's got to listen to all this horrendous mm. racist abuse yeah but on the other hand he's also a US marshal but yeah. they never explain like how he's risen to that rank as a at that point second class citizen mm-hmm. also he's like pals with the president mm-hmm. it's all very confusing yeah yeah don't know so anyway he goes in and he's eventually let into the White House and in fact fairly quickly he just kind of like hey I've got two guns oh okay you can go in mm-hmm. And he meets the president in the Oval Office, and then he's pretty much instantly just like, you're not the president, mm-hmm. you're, what's his face, Gordon? Kevin Klein. Yeah, you're, 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 you're Kevin Klein. And he's like, no, 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 I'm the president, you're Kevin Klein. How do you know? <laughs> and it turns out that Kevin Klein is, at, is currently in disguise as the president when the real president walks in, mm-hmm. also played by Kevin Klein. Which makes it super <laughs> confusing. <laughs> I mean, just get somebody who looks like Kevin Klein. Well, he's in pretty deep makeup. I didn't really... I thought it... Oh, is that like Don Johnson or something? But like, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, but yeah, it's, it's very it's very confusing that Kevin Klein is playing both of these roles. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, that was weird. And then, yeah, the president says, great, well, now I've got you both here. As mm-hmm. though he expected that. Yeah. Yeah, why really was understand. Kevin Klein dressed as the president? I have no idea. For what, think, what, what, what purpose did, he, did that serve? Maybe just trying to throw Will Smith off the off the case. Just assuming Will Smith would turn up that day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm not actually expecting an answer because this film is meaningless. But, yeah. yeah. But either way, the president gives them both a mission, which is like, find Trumpet Horn Guy. Get it? Because he's kidnapped all the scientists. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure was already their mission. Yes, but he's just reasserted it. It's got presidential approval now, Harry. Yeah. It's twice as important. Okay, sure. And so then they both rush off in their different modes of transport. Will Smith very stylishly rides a horse mm-hmm. to, the, to the nearby train station, while Gordon gets out a motorbike with a stupid name. Yes. But he's invented a, a motorised penny farthing. Yes. Um, I enjoyed I, I enjoyed that kind, of, that kind of stuff in this. I did it. Yeah, the gadgety stuff was fun. But also, it made no sense. <laughs> well, yeah. Not pretty what this film is. It's fun, but it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we, after he's overtaken him on the motorbike, after Kevin Klein has overtaken Will Smith on the motorbike, we pretty much then just straight cut to a while later, and they're on a train. They are. They're on a train. Like yeah. Will Smith is running, is well, uh, riding his horse alongside the train, and he's like, "Stop the train!" and Kevin Klein's like, no, and Will Smith just gets on the train. Yeah, leaves the horse. Yeah. <laughs> that horse is gone. Yep. No, literally never in the film again. Yeah, but this train is Kevin Klein's train, and it's full of all kinds of gadgets and weird things and, like, trap pool tables and whatever well, else. Yeah, again... Re- re- reverse ejector seats. <laughs> all of these, yeah, all of these inventions, I was like, well, what, when you were building this, mm. what did you think was going to happen? Mm. Like, what purpose does a pool table that only is of any value if someone falls in exactly the right way and then turns upside down so that person is facing the ground while the train is moving. Well, I mean, you wouldn't have a real pool table on a train, John. How would you play pool? That'd be, that'd be ridiculous. Fair enough. You've not thought this through. No, I'm not. You're right. 
But why would you need a reverse ejector seat when somebody's standing outside and then they just get bounced inside? I mean, it gets a lot of play. It gets used at least twice in this film. Yeah, it does. It does but, like, never yeah. to... Well, always for people that Kevin Klein doesn't want on the train. True, true. <laughs> they just accidentally bounce their way into the train. Yeah. It makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, and so they're going to go and catch Kenneth Branagh, mm-hmm. who is also on his own special mechanised train. Yes. And they're trying to catch him up, and they did. Mm-hmm. In a day or two, after sure. they've settled their differences, basically. Well, they pull out the head of the guy who got beheaded on the cold open. Oh yeah, and um, this was strange. So, <laughs> Kevin Klein has got the disembodied head of a scientist who's been murdered, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, I have invented a thing where you, the dead, you can see the last thing they saw mm-hmm. if you just use them like a jack-o'-lack lantern projector thing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. So he can project onto the wall the last thing that this poor guy's disembodied head saw because it was he... scanned into their retinas when they died. Yes, and from that they figure out it's Kenneth Branagh. Well, they see Kenneth Branagh in it. Oh, okay, sure. So, yeah. By the way, we keep referring to it as Kenneth Branagh, but if you told me that this film starred Gary Oldman, oh yeah, I would not doubt it for a second. Yeah, I do not believe that was Kenneth Branagh. It's a massive Gary Oldman. Role. I think this was Gary Oldman playing Kenneth Branagh, <laughs> playing a Gary Oldman character. Yeah, just deep layers of characterization. <laughs> That's what this movie was. Yeah, I like it. Why y'all look like you've seen a ghost? It's me, dear friends, alive and kicking. Well, alive anyway. <laughs> we may have lost the war, but heaven knows we haven't lost our sense of humor. No, not even when we lost a lung, a spleen, a bladder, two legs, 35 feet of small intestine, and our ability to reproduce all in the name of the South. Do we ever lose our sense of humour? But yeah, and so, what is it from here? They're just chasing down Kenneth Branagh and then he gets them and they have a bit of a train fight. Well, they end up at Kenneth Branagh's mansion. That's what happens next. Right, got it. Yeah, and that's when we get the proper introduction to his character. Okay, cool. I only watched this last night. It's already just gone, yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's lots of memorable stuff that happens here. Yeah. So... Yeah, they go to this mansion. It's Kenneth Branagh's party. He's like an old Confederate officer that everyone thought was dead. Mm-hmm. And it's full of like European dignitaries and stuff. They're all dressed in like French, you know. They're, they're all dressed as like Marie Antoinette and whatever. Or like, yeah. What, there's lots going on. It's a lot to take in. But yeah, so we get introduced to him mm-hmm. properly. Like he, he gets his big reveal moment. Mm-hmm. And we find out that he is a man who has lost the entire bottom half of his body mm-hmm. yeah. not just like he's lost his legs it's like from his belly button down yes he's got no groin he's yeah. got no ar- i mean i had questions like yeah like how is he alive due to mechanical uh weird machines and stuff yeah but he opened he, his opening like monologue about i lost my legs and my small intestine and at least oh, yeah. one lung and like he's listing all of these <laughs> yeah body parts that have like fallen out of him and i was like how? I don't think they even invented penicillin in 1862. How was this guy alive? I don't know, but um, I mean, he he pretty much had built some android that, well, some cyborgs by the end of the movie. He's more machine than man. Yes. Well, no, as in like he had cyborgs working for him. Oh, sure. Will yeah. Smith has to fight them, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, we'll get to that, but yes. Um, yeah. 
they they make no appearance at this point in the film. No. But yeah, so he makes this big introduction and he's clearly a mad half man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he has a very uncomfortable, overly long, like sparring match with Will Smith, mm-hmm. which is just racist joke, disabled joke, <laughs> racist joke, disabled <laughs> joke. It's like, oh, it's all very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, I was like, who is this film for? Like, Clearly not black people or disabled people. No. I mean, 12-year-old boys, I think, is the answer. But Yeah. yeah. I feel like if you told me that they were, it was written by 12-year-old boys, I'd probably <laughs> believe you. Because it wasn't just like... It wasn't like it was gritty, racist jokes, like, mm-hmm. you know, like you might see in, like, a Quentin Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like Django Unchained. Which, yeah, yeah. Which this film reminded me of a lot. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, like... Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, Django Unchained was offered to Will Smith before Jamie Foxx. Yeah, And he know. said no. Yeah. And now watching this, I was like, well, I get it. Because he's like, well, I've done it already. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the same film. Uh, I, mean, I mean, that one's much better. <laughs> but It's also miles different. Yeah, but I can understand why Will Smith was like, oh, no, I did that. And it wasn't much fun. Like, mm. But yeah, it wasn't like those, it wasn't like just, oh, here is how people would talk. And it's just full of M words. It's like weird, long walk, like mm. jokes. It was like, I haven't seen you in a coons year. So it's like, who who says that? Like in any decade, like mm-hmm. it was just it was just very odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How nice of you to join us tonight and add color to these monochromatic proceedings. Well, when a fella comes back from the dead, I find that an occasion to stand up, be counted. Miss East informs me that you're expecting to see General McGrath here. Well, I knew him years ago, but. I haven't seen him in a coon's age. Well, I can see where it'd be difficult for a man of your stature to keep in touch with even half the people you know. Well, perhaps the lovely Miss East will keep you from being a slave to your disappointment. Well, you know beautiful women, they encourage you one minute and cut the legs out from under you the next. Right. Excuse me, Mr. West. But they have their little tete-a-tete I guess also just because it's not quite racist enough at this point there's also Biling as Miss East mm-hmm. who's just a generic Asian woman who whose only line of dialogue is is from east to west <laughs> like she just does all of this and it's like <laughs> nonsense yeah no that was not and she didn't last very long either she did not she died Will's, remarkably quickly Will Smith for- fully shoots her in the in the stomach unapologetically does he shoot her? he does yeah well, she leads no, him into no, the no, room. No, 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 no. Like, now, she leads him into a room. A guy hid, hiding in a painting goes to shoot Will Smith. He dodges out of the way, and she's standing right behind him. I mean, he doesn't care. He doesn't. No, he, oh, he I thought I thought he shot her and then turned around and shot. I don't think he does. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I take that back then. Yeah. But yeah, he she kind of seduces him mm-hmm. with her weird Asian stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Leads him into a room where I mean, yeah, this is one of the moments in the film when I was like. I have a lot of questions about this scene. So it's a room in which it's full of paintings, but all mm-hmm. the paintings are living guards. Yeah. And they're just posing as paintings yeah. in case someone comes in who they might have to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You got it? No, I guess I don't have many questions. I guess that covers it. <laughs> <laughs> like, are they just there all the time? Uh, I would assume so, yeah. They're not just here for Will Smith. They're here just in case anyone happens to. Yeah. But... It's very bizarre, isn't it? it uh, there's one guy, he walks... Like, they're all in, in these giant life-size paintings, mm. and then like, Will Smith shoots his way out of the old dad. Mm-hmm. And as he walks out, one of them falls from the ceiling. Yeah. I'm like, what? There's a guy in the ceiling? <laughs> just kind of like, I guess I'm the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's madness. Uh, I'm just imagining the um, remember the bits in Arrested Development where they go to that that that, that thing and they're just like posing as paintings. Yes, it did. It's like look- Buster and. George there's Bruce. a lot of America. There's a lot of Arrested Development in this because Kevin Klein's character is so much in costume. I did get strong like Gene Parmesan vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy who was like, "Oh my God, Gene!" Like, <laughs> he did it again. <laughs> I was really getting that mm-hmm. from this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, imagine like going for a job interview for like, what's your job? Were well, you going to be my? Personal bodyguard. Okay, mm-hmm. that sounds cool. So I'm just going to be like standing in doorways. No, 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 no. You need to like be a living painting. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Mm. But like all the time, because behind you, there, there is not more painting. It's just white. So like if you're not there, the painting will look like somebody is missing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Will Smith shoots his way out of that. <laughs> uh, there's, yeah, there's a whole hilarious mix-up in which... He thinks Kevin Klein. Are going to find any good Will Smith films to do? I don't know. <laughs> this is the good, the good that, ones. They've all got sequels. The good ones are all franchises. It's yeah. very hard, yeah. But we'll get to that. But there's another hilarious mix-up where Will Smith thinks Kevin Klein's in drag again. Mm-hmm. But he's not in drag again. Yeah. It's just some woman yeah. who's wearing the same dress that Kevin Klein wore in yeah. drag. Yeah. And Will Smith proceeds to insult this woman horrendously mm-hmm. and then drums on her boobs mm-hmm. i mean yeah that wasn't great but then like when he's about to be hanged i mean this this was rough <laughs> again like who was this for like there is a and scene he, and, this... he's, and he's he's saying things so listeners who haven't seen the film for context right here he's you know he's trying to defend himself for his life yes and the answer to that is to just get incredibly racist. I mean, know your audience, I get, I, you know, in that situation. But he's basically saying, oh, well, from the African tribe that I'm from, this is how we say hello. We just play the drums on each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is rough. It's like, who thought that in this, like, light sci-fi fantasy, mm. like, crowd pleaser for teenage boys, we needed a scene where Will Smith may or may not be lynched. <laughs> And gets out of it by just being racist. And gets out of it by doing like a tight fifteen minutes of stand up. Like Yeah. He just he's doing this weird open mic set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While while all the white guys are like, Well, we might still lynch him. <laughs> it was weird. It was very it was, odd. T- the the tone of this film was really strange. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like afterwards, I think it's well, maybe before, I'm not sure, it's followed up by a scene where he's talking about how like, he ran away from working on a plantation mm. and his parents were slaves that he just had to leave there because that's the only way that he could survive. Like, okay, that's a whole story. That's like 12 years of slave kind of story. Exactly. This film has no interest in that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not that I want that in this. I'm just saying, like, there's a good story there for a very different film. But, they, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They could have given Will Smith's character proper motivations. Yeah. Like, well, that's what it did in Django Untrained, isn't it? Like, yeah. you see that kind of... That, that kind of story happening to that character, but then also the whole Western cowboy bounty yeah, hunter but aspect. But it, it, it informs his motivations. Did we do Drago on this? We did, yes. Cool. It was very good. But I think the problem is this film, for me, it feels like it has no interstitial scenes. Mm. Like every scene is an action scene or a comedy scene. Mm-hmm. Comedy quote marks. <laughs> you know, like it's trying to be like a big scene. There are no like scenes where characters just talk to each other and you learn about what the characters are. Yeah. It's just jumps from one and that's 
weird set piece to another mm-hmm. and that makes it really hard to follow or engage in because the characters never really engage with one another mm-hmm. on any kind of human level and you never really understand what they're for, what they're there for yeah so yeah there's a scene where will smith says oh my parents were killed in this but he just kind of says it and it's like okay but that means nothing in the context of this film that's just a thing you just said <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um i don't know yeah it's such an odd uh, what happens from here? Should we just skip to the end? Skip to the There's so much, though. So, <laughs> so Ke- while Will Smith is being lynched, mm-hmm. Kevin Klein discovers Salma Hayek again. Oh, yeah. Who's in a giant birdcage in Kenneth Branagh's bedroom. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because she just turned up at this party. Mm. We don't know why. Nope. She's just like, I'm working here now. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. I was really really expecting the twist to happen at the end that she was also a US Marshal sure like that would have really worked I was, I was dead certain that that's what it was going to be mm. and it's not oh no the person I said that was my father I don't remember her saying that was my boyfriend all along like she got what? fuck all to do in this movie. It was yeah. like, I was watching this like, Summer Hayek is an Oscar-nominated actress. Like, this is the kind of shit she had to I mean, do. They to all are, aren't they? It's Kevin Klein? Yeah, he's won one. Yeah, yeah, great. So they're all Oscar-nominated, all winners. Yeah, sure. But at this point, she won. But I mean, like, it was like, God, the shit she had to do. Like, she, her character literally has nothing to do. She's just, mm. she's in the movie a lot, mm-hmm. but she does nothing. Mm. She's just like, she doesn't have a moment. It's not, it's not even like she's the Princess Peach getting rescued or no. something. She's just... It's just like they inserted kind her Kind of there. Yeah, she's just kind of in the background. For she gets moment. eyeballed at one point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What is the one memorable thing she does in the movie? She shows her ass. Yeah. That's, that's the memorable Summer Hayek scene in this movie. Yeah. And it's not even like... You know, like sometimes you'll get female characters who are not driving the plot forward as much as you would hope. Mm. But they get like a very iconic scene where they're doing like a sexy dance mm-hmm. or... Princess Leia with the chain mail, you know, on the strangling jabber, you know, the, sure. something. Sure, yeah. Whereas her one is just like, she does nothing the whole movie, and there's just one scene where she's just like doing nothing but, oh, here's my ass. Mm. And then Kevin Klein and Will Smith make a load of like stupid puns. Yeah. And that's that's the most she gets. Like, it's, it is one of the most thankless roles I have ever seen for a woman. Like, it's not even a grossly inappropriate scene. It, no, it's not even like. <laughs> No, it's not like I've seen way creepier scenes. Yeah. It's just that it's just that it's pointless. Yeah. It's just like this has nothing, no bearing on the plot of this movie at all. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, oh, oh yeah, Salma Hayek's here maybe, and she does have a great ass. Yeah. What can we do? Yeah. Just, I don't know, put her in some pants, just pull the flap down. Like, I guess that'll be it. That'll fill some time. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah. Also, did that scene imply that she is the same size as Will Smith? Well, that too. I mean, they were baggy. They were baggy on her, you know. But, yeah. You know, uh, okay. Maybe that's yeah, why yeah. you know they didn't cover all. But I guess. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Well, that's I guess all we have to say about Salma Hayek in this. More or less. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, he rescues her. She's in a birdcage. She's looking for, ostensibly looking for her father, who's one of the scientists who's been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then they leave. They they run away from the mansion. Mm. Kenneth Branagh kills Ted Levine. Oh yeah. A trumpet, yeah, yeah. Not before at one point where he knocks him out. The guy is unconscious on the ground, Trevor facing upwards. A little dog comes and looks at him. Yeah. What was that? I mean, I get it. It was the HMV logo. It was the HMV logo. Like, yeah, but what was but the, like? Why? What, was this film sponsored by HMV? I don't know. It just felt like such a random. It was thing such to... a weird insert. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was confused by that too. If it was like a comment on product placement, if like somehow they managed to make the Coca-Cola logo or something. Yeah. Then like, okay, that'd be a funny joke, but still kind of a bit odd for this movie. I mean, But like, this was just nothing. It's not like HMV's a massive brand that everybody knows and is always everywhere. Well, it, well, well, well in the, the 90s more so. I mean, not like McDonald's standard, but like it was bigger than it is now. Yeah. But... Yeah, I, I guess if like the dog had had like a Will Smith CD in its mouth or something, then yeah. maybe. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Wild Wild West CD single, you know, sure, but yeah, I, I don't know what that was. Mm. Odd. If they'd have built it up before with like, trumpet ear guy has a pet dog. Yes. If they'd have had that before, then that would have been something. But like now, it's just this dog just comes out of nowhere. Well, that's what I mean. Like the just, jokes, just, just for this one gag that then just the dog's not in it again. It's not. Yeah. But that's what I mean, like about the film not having any interstitial scenes. It's like the jokes in this film have no setup. Yeah, it's just like they get like, oh crap, let's have another joke. But yeah. a joke needs to be built to like, yeah, you're right. If that dog had been there the whole time, and you'd be like, oh, now it's doing the HMV thing. That would have been yeah. like at least raised a smile. But just like it just can, it's just bewildering. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. At this point, Kenneth Branagh. He kills Ted Levine really mm. unceremoniously since he's set up as like the the secondary villain of the movie. He literally just gets shot shot and killed. And yeah, just, and like, then he's just not in the movie anymore. It. Yeah, it's very odd. Yeah, he also massacres all of those soldiers. Yeah, he's in like a tank that does. There's a whole army in a field, mm-hmm. which is Ted Levine's soldiers, and then Kenneth Branagh just instructs his female accomplices to just mm-hmm. shoot them all. Yeah, and all these men end up dead. Yeah, but why? I have no idea. What was the purpose of that? No idea. Just a, a, a show of force, but literally just for us, the audience. Yeah, but like, I, I guess those soldiers were bad guys, though, because they were with you know trumpet ear man. So we're not supposed to feel sorry for them necessarily, mm. are we? I think they were. They weren't bad guys. Well, no, they weren't bad bad guys. They were just bad guys. Okay. Does that make sense? No. As in, they weren't the evilists. They were just semi-evil. But they weren't. Again, they weren't. There was no context of who they were. Yeah, I know. I, I, it was I'm, just a weird scene. I'm not going to try and stick up for them. It didn't make any sense. Okay, so that happens for reasons, and then they end up on back on the train. Yeah, and that's when we get all of this bickering about Salma Hayek, where we get we see her oh, yeah. bum. There's more stuff with the like pool table, and Will Smith ends up under the train again. And ah, uh, yeah, because they have a train trace, but then. That they accidentally overtake Kenneth Branagh's train. Yeah, because well, Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh's train, train is a spider. Yeah, it's on legs. Yeah, um, <laughs> which that's sure. just what this is. Yeah, and then they have a bit of a sequence where they manage, where Will Smith manages to board Kenneth Branagh's train. Yes, through the pool table. Yes, <laughs> loosely. <laughs> Does he get onto the train? I thought he ends up back on his own train. He rides. The, he 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 goes through the floor of his own train. Ends up underneath the on, other train. On, on, the, on the pool table. Yeah. And then wheels himself using one of those elastic ropes. Yeah. Which snaps off his own train, so he quickly attaches it to Kenneth Branagh's train. Okay. And then just kind of bounces underneath backwards and forwards from Kenneth Branagh's train. Yes. He Then he eventually does manage to board that train, gets on it, has a fight with a guy on the roof, and uh, throws that guy down the chimney, uh, blowing up the train but not before Kenneth Branagh has managed to harpoon what's his face's train the good the good guy's train sure Kevin Klein's train Kevin Klein's okay. train bringing both trains to a halt oh yeah okay and so then Kenneth Branagh's like we need a new train and so they get on excellent on. Kenneth Branagh thanks and so yeah they get on to um, Kevin Klein's train 
Selma Hayek accidentally sets off one of the pool table balls, pool balls, because they're just filled with they're filled with sleeping sleeping gas, and uh, it makes Will Smith, who just arrived, just got back to rescue them, it makes Will Smith and them all fall asleep. So the kind of planet can very easily take their train, leave them stranded without any technology or anything. Yes. So with those metal things around their neck, which we saw from the start of the movie, which can magnetically attract this weird circular saw. Yeah. So basically, Kenneth Branagh kidnaps Salma Hayek. Yeah. Leaves Will Smith and Kevin Klein stranded in the outback in the wild, wild west. Yeah. Wearing metallic collars. Yeah. Is the outback not Australia? Sorry, in the wild west. Right. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah. There's no kangaroos in this movie, although it wouldn't have surprised me. Um, <laughs> So they're stranded and they're both wearing these metallic collars, mm-hmm. which are, it turns out are magnetised because after a few minutes they realise that these spinning magnetised blades mm-hmm. are chasing them, trying to decapitate them. Yeah. Now this is like Doctor Evil levels of villainy. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got two un- <laughs> you've got your two enemies unconscious. Shoot them in the head. Yeah. Just just finish them off. But no, yeah. no. instead, craft these elaborate metallic collars mm-hmm. and time place. The, again, I was like, what's the setup for this? Like, mm-hmm. place these metal things just far enough away that they're not going to hit them straight away. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they wake up, it's going it's to hit them and they're going to yeah fly towards them. Yeah. yeah. And then we just get this whole bunch of like deathly physical comedy of them running. <laughs> like, I, I did not find any of this funny. No. Just like running left and right, just trying to run away from the metal mm-hmm. plates. Mm-hmm. Did you find it funny? Did you not like it when they uh, fell down a cliff into a just into, in, in, into a bog, basically? I thought the visual of Will Smith and Kevin Klein jumping into a giant pool of shit mm-hmm. was a great visual metaphor for this movie. <laughs> I'll say that. Sure, yeah. Um, I was wondering why there was just a giant... Pull the shit. Because there needed to be. Yeah. Because the script said so. Everything else looked very dry. Yes. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So I guess that works. Uh, they do manage to make their way out of the magnetic necklaces. Yeah. They um, jump into the air, don't they? So that the two metallic plates collide and blow up. Blow up. Yeah. They literally explode in flames. Yes. They're just made why? of metal. They're just bits of metal. Yeah, why are they exploding? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Will Smith and Kevin Klein, they do manage to get out of the metal uh, head brace things, uh, but not before. Plenty more physical comedy where they keep getting magnetised towards each other. Yeah. And to each other's boots and belt buckles. And oh my God, his face is near his penis. Yes. it's uh, This film loves a gay joke. Yeah. It really is. It's so, again, it is so written by and for 15-year-old boys. It's mm. like, oh my God, he's looking at his groin. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarity. Yeah. So let's see. They get out of that and they somehow just make their way to go and catch up on foot with Kenneth Branagh. Yes. I can't remember how. It's just a bit where he builds a plane. Where he Maybe. In, where he invents the plane that Leonardo he da just, Vinci couldn't invent. He just invent. casually invents flight, yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. But they definitely, there's a point definitely where they catch up with the president, of, the actual president, mm-hmm. who's again played by Kevin Klein. Yeah. Because that's when Kenneth Branagh kidnaps the president and also his lookalike, mm-hmm. i.e. Kevin Klein. Yeah. And Salma Hayek. Yeah. Everyone but Will Smith gets kidnapped, essentially. Yeah. Yes. And then Kevin Klein does his very, very long exposition scene when he's explaining what his motivations as a villain are. Basically, yeah. Can you remember what this was? No. It was something like he wanted to give the American states back to the Europeans. 
Yeah, something like that. He wanted to sell it all back. Because the North had won the war, mm-hmm. historically. Yeah. You know, that means slavery is abolished, and that means that the USA is now a United States, you mm-hmm. know. He doesn't want the South back for himself. Mm. He just wants to sell it back to England, Spain, and other places. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I never really understood this either. No. Uh, but that's his plan, nevertheless. Yeah. He prepares to shoot Kevin Klein in the head. Mm-hmm. But just at the moment, he's about to... Will Smith appears again, but oh my god, he's in drag. Mm-hmm. He's in Princess Jasmine drag. Yeah. And he does a dance. Yeah. It's hilarious. Did, did, did you not like this then? I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think you did, John. Will Smith was in drag. Will Smith was in... Yeah, I mean, I did, as much as there's anything to get. That, 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 that was the joke. Yeah, it was so cartoonish. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, there's a sexy lady in drag who's clearly Will Smith <laughs> and just, and just the villains just like stop they're just like mesmerised by the, the the spectacle of Will Smith in drag yeah I'll say like, this like even Kenneth Branagh who up until now has been a very smart villain yeah and then suddenly he's like oh, a lady so Will Smith as Princess Jasmine <laughs> does a whole lap dance for the man who has no penis yeah yet is somehow mesmerised by this regardless yeah I mean, I'll say this. Yeah. Once again, much like Kenneth Branagh, Will Smith, he's paid attention to his eyes. <laughs> Beautiful eye makeup. On yeah. That no, man. He's, he's 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 done well there. Which disappears the next scene. I entirely. mean, spoiler alert: he didn't actually do his own makeup for this. I'm pretty sure. No, but the character did, presumably. Mm. He causes a distraction, manages to rescue Kevin Klein and Sam Hayek, but the president is kidnapped mm-hmm. again. Yeah. The president is the Princess Peach of this movie. <laughs> The president gets kidnapped on the giant spider again. And the giant spider mm-hmm. comes, like, crawling towards... It just crawls over the mountains. Which I've got to say that the CGI for that giant spider, it looked pretty good. Well, that's where all the budget went. Yeah. Because there's other CGI in this movie which is not so good. Well, they got the CGI dead on, I thought, pretty much throughout. The green screen on the other The hand. green screen was appalling. I, yeah. Truly awful. Like... I, I just don't get why green screen is so bad. Mm. Like, even now, it's still shit. Like They've in... just never found a way to make it work, I don't think. Actually, I must, I, I must say, they probably do get it right a lot of the times, and then we you just don't, don't notice. notice. But when it's wrong, it's like, I've seen, very I've wrong. seen examples of it, like, oh my god, that was green screen the whole time? Like, bloody hell. Yeah, but in this film, there are a lot of shots when they are just patently standing on like mm. a sound stage in LA somewhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like six foot by six foot with like, a camera pointed at them. The room looks better than some of this. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God, I don't know. And this is the point where Kevin Klein casually invents the concept of flying. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. He invents a plane, they fly onto the spider and then we get to the final battle, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like this film was three hours long. It, now, now we've got to this far into talking about it. I know. I feel like it's a very long film. And it's not. It's like an hour 45. It's only just over 90 minutes. It packs a lot in and also not very much. Mm. But, yeah. Anyway, so the, the, there's a whole fight on the giant spider. Uh, Will Smith ends up fighting a bunch of random goons. Mm-hmm. Who were only in, inserted, you know, this fight scene where mm. he's fighting like the cyborg man. And yeah. The, who have never been seen before until yeah. this moment. So, do you know why they are in this moment? Are they original characters from the TV show or something? No. So, basically, they were added in a post-production 
they, in reshoots. They had reshoots for this movie. Oh, really? Wow. Oh. Yes, because for most of the movie, Kenneth Branagh's only accomplices are like the, the, the sexy ladies. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got like lip syncer and malnutrition. Right. right okay. You know, so they didn't want Will Smith beating up lots of women. Well, apparently, initially that was what happened in the yeah. first shoot of this climactic battle scene. That's like the end of the film. Yeah. It's just Will Smith beating up a bunch of women. Yeah. And then they sent it for test screenings, and everyone was like, "This is." This quite is, uncomfortable. This is where we draw the line. Yeah, it was like, this is we, this is just 10 minutes of Will Smith Like, punching. we could draw the line earlier, but no, we'll draw it but here. now this is, yeah, Will Smith just punching women in the face for like 10 minutes is mm. odd. Um, so then they decided to go back and reshoot with some generic goons, mm. which is what this whole sequence is about. So Will Smith fights off all these goons. <laughs> just cut the sequence. I know, yeah. Whereas <laughs> Kevin Klein is like... Because like Kevin Klein is just upstairs doing nothing. Well, he's dance fighting with the, with the women. Because the he... women are still... Yeah, the women are still oh, in the film. Oh, okay. He kind of dances the... You can tell, like, okay, you can tell the studio knew it was he can't punch the women. Yeah. Because people don't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kevin Klein just, like, has a dance-off and, mm-hmm. like, makes the women all kind of very awkwardly fall off the spider mm-hmm. and just go, like, ah! And then they're gone, like... <laughs> so the women all fall off. Will Smith kills all the goons. Then Will Smith has a fight with Kenneth Branagh, who is now a full spider. Mm-hmm. Or he's, like, his body is a spider. Yeah. Pretty much. His wheelchair has legs. His wheelchair becomes a spider. Yeah. Yeah. Sentences I'm saying. <laughs> At some point, Kevin Klein shoots the spider in the leg and makes mm. all the hydraulic fuel fall mm-hmm. out. And then that gives Will Smith the upper hand. Yeah. They end up... This, the actual big metal spider falls over the cliff. Mm-hmm. Or he's clinging on by like one leg or whatever. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Branagh and Will Smith are like hanging over the ledge mm-hmm. of the cliff. Kenneth Branagh gets one more racist jibe in and then he falls <laughs> off himself and he falls to his doom and then Will Smith says, that's an arse whooping. I was like, well, no, it's not. At what point did you whoop his arse? You didn't. You just let him fall. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Um, and that's that's pretty much it, isn't it? Yeah, so then Kenneth Branagh's dead. Mm-hmm. The president has been saved. The president makes Will Smith and Kevin Klein official secret agents. Mm-hmm. Which, like, they weren't before? I don't know what they were before. Yeah, exactly, like, what? Yeah. Then Summer Hayek shows up again, mm-hmm. and it's like, and they're both like, well, pick one of us. We've both been yeah. basically this close to raping you for the entire movie, mm-hmm. so you might as well just pick one of us. And she's like, oh no, this the man who I said was my father is actually my husband, so bye. Mm-hmm. And then she's gone. Yeah. And then Kevin, Klein, and Will Smith ride off into the sunset on a giant metallic spider. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. It's... And then and then the song kicks in. And then the song kicks in. And then we get in, yeah. the song. Yeah. Which is, let's Which is... be honest, the best part of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. By a fair bit. <sighs> yeah, this movie was way worse when you uh, went through it. It's not good. No, it's not, is it? You're still glad I picked it, though, right? I mean, it was an interesting viewing experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I've seen it in much the way that I'm glad I've seen The Room and Showgirls and you know mm. a lot of the truly awful films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a piece of like pop culture history, it, it's good to be like, oh wow, there was a time when this could get made and it would end up like this. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was a, a moment in time, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Um, right, okay. Should we do drinking games? We probably should. Yeah. So first, I got drink for gunshots. Drink for gunshots, okay, sure. Yeah. Is this like when a character is shot, or just when a shot is fired? When a shot is fired. Okay. But it's not loads, but just like, yeah. Okay. There's a lot of characters being like being shot, 
buy other characters in this movie and it's like oh I guess they're dead now like yeah. the Asian lady yeah like uh, Ted yeah, dr- yeah drunk for character drink with a character who die- dies you think oh I thought they'd last a bit longer than that yeah <laughs> sure okay my first one was drink for gadgets yeah in specifically Kevin Klein's like you know he, he is literally gadget man He's Inspector Gadget in this movie. Yeah, I've also got drink for whenever an invention works perfectly. Yeah, despite the fact that Will Smith spends the entire movie just shitting on him. They work almost all the time. They do. Will Smith's just like, we don't have time for your crazy inventions, man. It's like, literally everyone has worked. Yeah, I think the only thing that doesn't work is the the hypnosis things. That's the only one, yeah. The rest, they all work perfectly. Yeah. Drink for, this is a big one, drink for uncomfortable racial humour. Great. It is so awkward in this film, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, so this was this film is based on a TV series, apparently from the nineteen sixties, mm. yeah. which I've never seen, never heard of. No. But in that TV show, obviously, the Will Smith character was just a white guy. Mm-hmm. So they decide, obviously, when they choose to make this film, like thirty-five years later, mm. they cast Will Smith. Although it wasn't originally split. This is the thing: it was originally first it was going to be Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. Then it was going to be Tom Cruise. Right. And then eventually it landed on Will Smith. Okay. So he only became black. See, I could see Mel Gibson as a cowboy. Yeah. Tom Cruise, I'm just not sure. I don't buy Tom Cruise as a cowboy. No. But at some point, like, Will Smith gets the role and it's like, okay, I guess the character is black now. Yeah. But the thing is, like, of all the ways to address that... Yeah. It was like, okay, you can either ignore it and just make it colorblind casting, which mm-hmm. I think they should have done. Just yeah. make it, He's just a cool guy. Yeah. Because this film isn't a fantasy steampunk reality anyway, so like, mm-hmm. who's to say? You know, this film doesn't need to be about racism or you know whatever. So either don't acknowledge it at all and just make Will Smith a cool black action hero and mm-hmm. don't don't feel the need to drag him down with racist shit, mm-hmm. or mention it in a way that's like mean. Make it like Django Unchained, like make it meaningful. Yeah, like, you know, give, make that something. Make that, it part of his character. Yeah, make it inform who he is. Mm. Instead, we get just this endless stream of racial abuse that's like genuinely hard to watch yeah yeah it's bizarre it's so bizarre mm-hmm. drink for tits and ass yeah i drink for boob jokes yeah drink for drag references yes okay so that's another thing like one of the maybe the most cringy scenes in this movie mm. is when so fake got, boobs fake boobs yeah oh my god this was painful <laughs> So Kevin Klein's whole thing is that he likes to dress as a woman to get information. Yeah. And part of that is he wears these giant fake boobs. And there's this whole sequence, which again goes on for at least a minute longer than it needs to be to be funny, mm-hmm. where Will Smith and Kevin Klein are... F- well, Will Smith feels the boobs and he's like, they don't feel like women- real women's boobs. Mm. Here, look. And he pours out the sand or whatever mm-hmm. and replaces it with water. He's like, now yeah. they feel like women's boobs. Yeah. And then... Kevin Klein's like, oh yeah, you're right. Now they're not so hard anymore. And yeah. there's just this whole back and forth. Meanwhile, the old guy on the train is here, just hearing the dialogue and being like, mm-hmm. "I knew they were faggots." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's unpl- uncomfortable. Yeah, you got any more? Uh, my last one. Well, I had boob jokes and gay panic, which is the same joke. Yeah. yeah. And finally, drink for truly appalling green screen. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Ab- abysmal green screen. <laughs> so bad. It's shocking how bad the green screen is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It take, really takes you out of it. Especially when, like, a lot of the other CGI in it just looks great. Yeah. And it's just like, this film isn't, doesn't match itself. I had the same thing with Independence Day. I know we're going to talk about yeah. that separately, but it was like... Parts of this look okay. Like, mm. clearly money has been spent. Mm-hmm. This is 
uh, an almost painfully expensive movie. Mm. But there are shots that look so bad. Mm. And how on earth did this pass? Yeah. But I guess it was the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, so if that does it for Drunken Games, uh, listeners, John just mentioned Independence Day. That's because we are doing it on our Patreon show. We're doing a little review of Independence Day just to you know keep you all going while the cinemas are closed. Yeah. So if you want to hear it, you need to go to patreon.com slash set, and you can support us for as much or as little as you want. No matter how much you pay, you still get all the same stuff. It's just pay as you feel. If you do do that, you other than the bonus show, you also get extended versions of the main episode. You also get to put a little advert on the main show if you want to. You can mm-hmm. have to your own podcast or business or whatever. Um, you get our exclusive Facebook group. And every now and then, we'll do a Patreon episode on the main show where we pick a guest at random and they get to choose the film for us. They can come and guest on the show if they want to. Don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. All that at patreon.com slash set. Indeed. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws? which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes. I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitch at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%? Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Now, you're first. Sequels, okay. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying... This movie does not lend itself well to sequels. It doesn't, does it? Because this film doesn't have a plot. As much as we no. spent probably about the best part of an hour describing the plot, this film has no plot. It doesn't leave you with anything. It doesn't, no. it doesn't leave you with much to go off. So these are stretches. Yeah. Okay. I've done a three small ideas rather than one big one because right. God only knows. So maybe you can help me with one of these. Yeah. Okay. So the first one is a prequel. Okay. And this prequel is concerning the Kenneth Branagh character. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, he's, I think he's got the most interesting backstory. So I was thinking it might be fun to have a prequel that explains how the hell he became this, like, mechanical spider mm. half-man mm-hmm. thing. Something, in, obviously, he's, he, he was a soldier in the Confederate War on mm-hmm. the side of the South. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't just a soldier. He was an engineering genius. Yeah. Because, obviously, he's, like, very creative and he builds all these robots. Yeah. And maybe while he was on the front lines of this war, his specialty was developing mechanical super weapons to help the South win. So maybe he was developing like versions of the spider mm-hmm. in this alternate reality to help the South to win the North in the war. Yeah. But then something happens and he ends up getting um, blown up. Mm-hmm. But also I was thinking he could be, as well as being a mechanical genius, he's also a sex addict mm-hmm. who spends a lot of time in brothels and saloons much like we see in the original film sure yeah yeah because i was thinking like in the main film we only see him with those three women mm. his three like hench ladies yeah who are it's like it's like lip syncer or lip read lip readia isn't it is it lip readia oh, malnutrition and <laughs> it was something like that wasn't it like, <laughs> yeah it was it was that was it it was lip and reader munitia and amazonia 
Okay. Okay. So he's got these. Three, he's got these three female henchwomen. So I was like, where do they come <clears> from? I, I liked your names better. Malnutrition and Lip Sinker. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they all sound like pretty good drag names, whereas the, yeah. the, the ones from the film sound like kind of okay drag names. Yeah, that's. I really in my head, I was like, well, these are just drag queens. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm thinking maybe, like, before he got blown up, he was spending a lot of time in brothels. Mm-hmm. And maybe in this brothel he meets these women. He spends a lot of money, and mm-hmm. he, they come to respect him. So when he gets caught in the explosion, and he's left for dead by his fellow soldiers, maybe these three prostitutes rescue mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. and, like, nurse him back to health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're all from different parts of Europe, because the three uh, women were definitely European. One seemed to be Swedish, one was German, maybe. I, yeah. They sure. were definitely characterized as like not American. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking like maybe that's why he's obsessed with like selling uh, the states yeah, back yeah, yeah. to the Americans. Maybe like because these to three the women saved yeah. his life, mm. he vows to, you know, he brings them on as his like assistants, mm-hmm. but also he vows to repay them by mm. making sure that their home countries get their states back. Right. Yeah. And that maybe makes that's sense. his backstory. Yeah. yeah. So that's all I've got for that. I like that. Uh, although I was also thinking that maybe Will Smith's parents could have caused the explosion. <laughs> because there was no sense in this movie of why Will Smith and him were like enemies, apart from the fact mm. that they were on different sides. Yeah. Like, you know, because there's a scene where they meet and they have this weird back and forth of racist versus mm. ableist humor. Mm-hmm. But at no point does it explain why they specifically dislike each other. Mm-hmm. So maybe if like Will Smith himself or Will Smith's parents, like Jim West's parents, mm. were part of the fight back that caused him to lose his body. Sure. Maybe yeah. that gives him some. Yeah. That gives him some kind of. And maybe he sees maybe, like a baby maybe, Will Smith. And maybe he used to own Will Smith's parents as slaves. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Mm. And maybe he sells Will... That's it. Maybe he sells a young Will Smith mm. as a child to another, you know, slaver mm. vindictively. And so the last thing Will Smith sees is himself being separated from his parents. And then his parents die. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's well, why... Well, Will Smith did say that he ran away. So maybe he ran away, or, yeah. gave himself the name Jim West, which is not his birth name, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so then, uh, yeah, Kenneth Branagh doesn't really recognise Will Smith because he's grown up. Mm. Will Smith does recognise him. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Maybe maybe Kenneth Branagh is a very abusive slave owner and mm. he's like properly like torturing, beating whatever Will Smith's mm-hmm. parents. And that's when Will Smith escapes. Yeah. So the last thing he sees is his parents being horribly abused by this... And that's why he vows revenge. Sounds great. I love it. I know it's not fun. It's not much of a fun film. I'm just saying, I'm just giving Will Smith some kind of motivation yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to come back and like get revenge. So yeah, yeah, that's all I've got for that one. So that's a prequel and I've called it Arliss, Loveless, Legless. Okay. Yeah. The character's called Arliss yeah. and he's, he's loveless, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the character's called Arliss, Loveless. Right. And he's got no legs. So it's Arliss, Loveless, Legless. Nice. Yeah. 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 Uh, the second one, this is by far the shortest. I've just got a title for this one. It's uh, Jim West and the Spiders from Mars. Oh, yeah, I like it. I'm thinking, again, because this is like in a steampunky kind mm-hmm. of vibe, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Very much in the style of uh, John Carter from Mars. Mm-hmm. They should just stop doing steampunk, I think. I don't think it's yeah. ever worked. No. As a genre, steampunk just doesn't seem to work in cinema. No. Like, you know, you've got Leave Extraordinary Gentleman, Massive mm-hmm. Bomb. John Carter, Massive Bomb. Mm-hmm. This, Massive Bomb. Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow, which we've not done yet, but we probably should. Massive bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you seen it? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always been on my shortlist, but I never got around to it. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. but like, they always seem to like be huge flops. Like, mm. I think that they just need to lay steampunk to rest, frankly. When was the last time they tried it? This. John Carter? John, probably John Carter, yeah. Mm. If that counts as steampunk, but yeah. Yeah. But if not, 
League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. League, like. yeah, yeah, League, League came after this, yeah. No, no, Sky Captain. That was later than that. Sky Captain was like 2005. So. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes films just hit the level of shitness that you just think they've been around forever. They don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Mean, yeah. I, I don't think they've tried a steampunk in a while. I think it's because it's literally never like, worked. I don't think of The Room as a film that came out in the noughties. I'd think of it as a film that's just always been there. It's always existed, yeah, yeah. exactly. It, it is itself its own genre. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So my only plot description for this is that it's after the original, Will Smith and Kevin Klein. They're travelling on their giant mechanical spider mm. and they get caught up in a, a fierce like storm, like mm. a weather storm. And they take shelter in a mysterious cave, mm. end up coming across a medallion that transports them to Mars. Right. Which okay. is basically the plot of John Carter and Mars. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And then it's just Will Smith and Kevin Klein as mm. those characters, but mm-hmm. they're on Mars. Yeah. And maybe that maybe that Mars is filled with actual spiders. Maybe it's like uh, the Mars attacks kind of aliens. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that sort of style, at least. Yeah, maybe, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm just thinking, like, using Kevin Klein's gadgetry ability, plus Will mm. Smith's cockiness and general mm-hmm. you know, personality, they are forced to face off against Martians riding spiders or something. <laughs> yeah. That's all I've got. That was it. That was that. There's nothing I can do with that one. Okay, okay. My third one, a little bit, little bit more established. Mm. So in this one, once again, it's a direct sequel. Kevin Klein and Will Smith after the events of the original film, are travelling America on the giant mechanical spider, and they are now, like, renegade soldiers protecting truth, justice, in the American way. Mm-hmm. You know, they're heroes. But one day, on the course of their journey, like, you know, they're taking down crime, keeping the peace, whatever, yeah. uh, they get a letter from Selma Hayek, mm-hmm. who says she's been kidnapped and taken prisoner in Canada. Oh, God. The worst place to be. Oh, no. I know. She's she probably be. dead already. She might as well be. I mean, if she's not, she might as well be. Yeah. yeah. And she begs them to come and rescue her. Mm-hmm. Now, it's obviously a trap. Yeah. It's clearly a trap. They know it's a trap. But also, she doesn't have a great bum. So they're like, well, <laughs> you know. So they decide to ride up to the cool climbs of northern Canada, mm-hmm. where they find out that Sam Hayek has been kidnapped by none other than Kenneth Branagh's long-lost brother, mm. Pierre Loveless. <laughs> Is he French? He's fr- he's French Canadian. French yeah. Canadian, of course. French Canadian Pierre. Yeah. So yeah. F- imagine Kenneth Branagh for all the, like the scenery chewing he's doing in this mm-hmm. movie, but with a f- French Canadian accent, mm-hmm. basically. So, yeah, yeah. Sure. Maybe played by Gary Oldman. <laughs> it could be just Kenneth Branagh again. Or oh, okay. So they're not like twin brother, just like equally eccentric. You could have either. Yeah. 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 They're both equally, you know, over the top. Mm-hmm. So. So I'm feeling like, yeah, he's Ken- he is the Kenneth Branagh character from the original movies. Is he also in a wheelchair? Yes. So he's also had a disfiguring accident. Has he lost the same half, or is it down the middle? This no, time? yeah, he's uh, you're way ahead of me. Down the middle. He's lost his torso. <laughs> so he's just a head with a bunch of mechanic with a pair of mechanical legs, like in Onward. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, like in that D- Pixar film, Onward. Yeah. Yeah. He controls by like psycho, you know, okay. power, whatever psychokinesis. Uh, so he can just like use the legs to to make them like kickbox and like roundhouse mm. kick. Mm-hmm. Will Smith and Kevin Klein mm-hmm. using the power of his mind. Yeah, yeah, and he wants revenge for the murder of his brother, hence kidnapping Salma Hayek and setting yeah. up this whole trap. So yeah, he's got his he's got his legs, and also he doesn't have a giant mechanical spider. That's not his vibe because he's mm. he's Canadian. Mm-hmm. He's got a giant mechanical beaver. Okay. And that's his like yeah. choice mode of transport. Very good at building big dams. Exactly. Yeah. Well, his plan is to break down the biggest dam in Canada mm-hmm. and flood the entire North American continent. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Will Smith and Kevin Klein, they have to defeat Pierre mm. 
rescue Salma Hayek mm-hmm. and stop the dam explosion from happening. Okay, yeah. And that is uh, Will Smith and Kevin Klein in Mild, Mild North. Mild, Mild North. Yeah, very good. Mild, Mild West, Mild, Mild North. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like it, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, all very thin. Not much meat on the bone, but that was what it was, yeah. Well, I've got a couple of thin ones, and I've got one that's a bit thicker. Not a lot thicker. Okay. So, the first one is uh, Kim and Kanye have a new baby. They call it Wild Wild. Oh, of course, because their baby's North, is it? But their surname is West. But Northwest, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Right? I mean, Northwest is, a, is an actual child of theirs. Yes, no, that's what, so yeah, their kid is called Northwest, so it's called Wild Wild West. Is that like North's little brother or little sister? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Cool. Um, next one I've got is uh, Wiki Wiki Wild, Wiki Wikipedia. <laughs> Is that all you got? Yeah, Will Smith writes a rap for every page of Wikipedia. For every page of Wikipedia? Yeah. Is it like a My Beautiful Mind situation where he's like a tortured genius who's going insane? Sure, yeah. <laughs> and he becomes obsessed with writing a rap verse for every single article on Wikipedia? Yeah. So even though it's like mundane stuff, mm-hmm. like Wikipedia has like millions of articles, mm. no matter how mundane, he has to have a rap for it. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also got Wild Wild West Side Story. Okay. Which is the same story, but it's set in the Old West. Okay. And it's starring Will Smith and Kevin Klein in multiple roles. Are they just the only two actors in it at all? Pretty much, yeah. Do you know if there's, there's a if version... The, if, if, if the space for Kenneth Branagh, then throw him in. Well, I mean, there's. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, it's a love story. Mm. So, like, is Kevin Klein playing Maria? Sure. Okay, great. You know, there's a version of, of West Side Story that's just Cher playing literally every role. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Mm. Um, I've also, I mean, this is semi-inspired by many listen submissions that I've got that have been along the lines of this title, mm-hmm. which is Two Wilds, Two Wests. Sure. You know, because the title is Two Wilds in it. And then uh, Jim West bumps into a doppelganger of himself. So oh, okay. Two Wests. Oh, I see. Okay. That's how I've tied it in there. The plot plays out very similarly, similarly to Gemini Man. Oh, I see. Which we've not seen. So we've not seen, so, but so I know, know basically what happens. what's happening. But at the end, it's revealed to be Kevin Klein in, in, in disguise the whole time. What, Kevin Klein's in blackface? Maybe it's a rubber, a rubber mask. I mean, still, questionable. <laughs> Very questionable. <laughs> Worse than this film? It could, I mean, no, it would probably be not, I wouldn't put it past this film for Kevin Klein to have been in blackface. <laughs> I'm, I'm only thankful that they didn't do that, but mm-hmm. wouldn't have surprised me. Yeah. 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 Um, and then the actual... Uh, the actual plot that I've come up with is called Back to the Wild Wild West. Back to the Wild Wild West. Yeah. So it's essentially Back to the Future 4. But this time, Doc, having rebuilt the DeLorean, goes back to the Old West intentionally to meet his all-time favourite inventor, Artemis Gordon. Okay. He bumps into Artemis Gordon just after the end of Wild Wild West, Mm -hmm. um, as him and Jim West are riding into the sunset on a mechanical spider. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doc arrives and has a right old nerd out with Gordon, just like exploring the spider and talking about different inventions and stuff like that. Meanwhile, Jim West, who's completely bored by this, just like, who's this guy? Mm -hmm. He's very taken with the Doc's sick ride, the DeLorean. Oh, I see, okay. And so Jim gets in and uh, presses some buttons, not knowing what they do, and accidentally drives off back to the future. So he leaves the dock behind, and now he's got control of the DeLorean. Yep. Okay. On board. And so he arrives in the future, the year 2020, mm-hmm. where Jim West went went missing back in 1890, and the future has been altered as a result. Okay. Since he's been gone, the world has absolutely fallen apart. There's both nobody to be seen, 
and all the countryside has been paved over by giant cities. It doesn't take them long to find out that the vast majority of the human population has been quarantined from themselves, and outside life has essentially ended. Oh, so he's joined right in the middle of coronavirus. The authorities are pretty aggressive towards him, but luckily he's got bulletproof charisma. He does, yeah. So, not fully realising that he's travelled in time, because, I mean... The concept of time travel wasn't really there in the 17th century or whatever that is. 19th sure. century? 19th. Yeah, so I'm sorry. It he goes forwards. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, not fully realising that he's time travelled. He goes to find somewhere he knows. And so he finds his way to the White House. He charms the guards with his charisma. Yeah. And uh, manages to meet the president, who is a very, very Donald Trump-style president. <laughs> but he, he goes by the name of Biff Tannen. Who is... Oh, is that the Back to the Future Yes. Character? Have you not seen them, have you? I have not, no. I know, it's my deepest so weird hole that, in the... F- so quest. weird that you've not seen them. Just never got around to it. Mm. I think you'd really like them. I'm sure I would, yeah. So is he a good guy or a bad guy? Oh, he's a bad guy. Is he like the he high is... school villain, kind of? Yeah. Okay. But at one point in Back to the Future 2, they go to the future of, I think it's 2015? Mm-hmm. 2016? I don't know. Yeah, they go there and they, they meet future Biff Tannen and he's... He's pretty much Donald Trump. Okay. Like, he has Tannen Towers, and he's... Oh, well, okay. Yeah, like it, it's very close. It's okay. great. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so he, he, he meets the president, does not like him, and he realises this future is no good. I need to go and live my life back in, back in the day. Sure. So yeah, he goes back to the DeLorean, gets angry at it, not understanding how it works, because how would he? So he just kind of hits the dashboard and accidentally activates the flux capacitor, and it sends him back... To the 1890s. Oh, good. Okay, so he's back in his own yeah. world. And when he gets back, he explains what he saw and makes a vow not to let that world come to be. And he knows that just by living his life, he has the ability to stop that world. The doc tries to explain to him, that's not how time travel works, but <laughs> Jim West does, does not have time for it. Mm-hmm. So he and Gordon, they try to track down the ancestor of President Biff Tannen, stop him from having any children. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the doc goes home. Um, yeah, and we spend the rest of the film with Gordon asking West about the future and what kind of technology they have. But Jim West only remembers two things about the future. The dieness of it all, and this poster of a woman he saw with fake tits and ass. <laughs> the end. Who's the woman with fake tits and ass? Is that Summer Hayek? Or? I don't know, it just could be just... just the way it, they've, they've never seen fake tits or a fake ass before. Oh, I see, oh, okay. Other than, like, the drag ones. But, you know, like, I mean, implants. Oh, I see, okay. So the the, 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 yeah, the, the just, future of sexuality is... Um, yeah. Gets them on. Okay, sure. Gets them on, gets them off. Turns them on, gets them off, yeah. Turns them on, gets them off. Those are some weird sayings, aren't they? They actually are. think about them. <laughs> Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was back to the Wild Wild West. Back to the Wild West. Very good. Very good. Yeah. All done? Yeah. That's me done, yeah. Okay, should we move on to some listener submissions? Yes. Oh, what have you got? So I've got a few of these. Uh, okay. Mike Smart and many other people have pitched Wild Wild East, yeah. which is the boys have to go to Asia to fight a giant mechanical dragon. <laughs> I can genuinely see that, yeah. Definitely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Jim Pearson says West and Wild. West? Oh, like West and Wild. Yeah. yeah. Joel Robinson just two hours of Will Smith apologising for the weird anti-disabled stuff in the first one while feeling a fake boob filled with ball bearings screaming is this what you wanted to see I could have been Neo oh yeah because he turned down the Matrix for this did you know that (laughs) although I would say yes there is definitely ableist humour in this movie but Mm. compared to the racism Mm. I wouldn't make Will Smith apologise for this movie I would like (laughs) apologise to Will Smith for making him endure that yeah Will Token says, Itsy Bitsy. 
abandoned by its creator in the desert, oh, a lone God. mechanical spider <laughs> is befriended by a young boy and ultimately makes a heartbreaking sacrifice. Oh, dear. <laughs> I picked up where that was going very quickly. I did not like it. I did not care for it. <laughs> Jamie Davis says, The exciting, exciting East. Will Smith tries to be a cowboy in Japan, and it could be terrible and offensive, but also could be cowboy bebop. Okay, yeah. It probably would be all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Joseph Lamper says, I don't know, but at the end of the movie, both their sons fly off to take the fight to the aliens on their planet, and the third movie will never be made. Sure. <laughs> Which is how Independence Day 2 finishes. Oh, oh really? Oh, okay, that makes sense. We will get to that. We'll, we'll get to in that. In the bonus episode. Yeah. Nicole D says, keep it simple, just make it wild, wild, wild west. <laughs> the plot revolves around even more boob and butt jokes. General McGrath is back. And this time, all the women have his mother's name. Great. I have some as well. Christy Kogore said, Wilder, Wilder, Wester. Uh-huh. Matthew Collins said, Child, Child, West. The original movie, but in the style of Bugsy Malone, replaced all the actors with child lookalikes. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. It definitely has that vibe. Yeah. Maybe strip back some of the racism. Yeah, yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. And the raping. And, and the... the raping, yeah. yeah. Travis Green said, Kenneth Branagh is back, but he's just ahead. Like a brain and a jar. Sure. Chris Luttman said, Too Wild, Too West. It's about clones. Mm-hmm. Surprise, it's Gemini Manor in the, in the 1800s. Ah, so. okay. Andrew Liefering said, Wild, Wild, Blessed. Back in the habit. Great. Yeah. Jacob Hill said, Wiki, Wiki, War Crimes. <laughs> Russell Ford said, A shot for shot remake, but with the Muppets. Which I'm fully on board with. Of course you bloody are. Fully on board with that. Yeah. Matt Hanley said, Vild, Vild Vest. It's a Transylvania Dracula movie. <laughs> Daniel Cheng said, Steampunk Robot Centipede. Yeah, so definitely. It's, rather than robots, it's like the human centipede. Mm-hmm. Remember that movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think you mean Steampunk, steampunk Robot Centipede as opposed to Steampunk Robot Spider. Just yes, like, but yeah, I think make he, it a different animal. He's as added a centipede because you know, that was a movie as well. Is he making it the human centipede or, or, or are you making it that? No, I think he's making it that. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, Whatever's on your mind, John, it's fine. It is, yeah. Susie Boundsguard said, My old, my old pest. Reflections <laughs> on the life of an exterminator. Okay, yeah. Dan Peterman said, Wild, wild, weast. Will Smith drops out and is replaced by esteemed character actress Diane Weast. Mm-hmm. Laura Caputo said, Sad, soiled self. <laughs> Over on Twitter, our old friend Martin Gardner at, at MG Loves Fun said, This is an awesome movie. Just put this in my Amazon Prime watch list yesterday, just because it was there. I, yes, I like this, and I know it won't have Razzie, but I like it anyway. So, <laughs> I have a slightly defensive comment from Martin, but yeah, very. the takeaway is he likes that movie. Blokebusters at Blokebusters said, I really enjoyed this film. It's stupid, an insane product of its time, and had a brilliant line reading from Kevin Klein. and now we have to run. My sequel idea is Wilder Wilder West, the same film, but somehow the main characters are played by Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. All right. So, yeah. yeah. Gene Wilder being the guy who played Willy Wonka mm-hmm. and Richard Pryor being dead. Um, <laughs> but whatever. False Starts Podcast at False Starts Pod said for a sequel, they're obviously going to utilize their giant robot spider to destroy a bunch of giant robot flies that are destroying <laughs> towns all over the Wild Wild West mm-hmm. while in drag for the whole movie. Sure. Yeah. 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 And Paul Salt at Paul Salt 6 said. 
Just make sure you start the film with them still riding the giant spider. Anything that follows that will be worth it for that baffling opening. Yep. I agree. Yep. So thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter, where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. Mm Mm-hmm. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse up our catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can also leave a five-star review if you like. It really helps us to attract new listeners, so please do consider doing that. We're also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would rate us more than five stars if they could. You can find all those relevant links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. Okay, so what are we doing next week then? So, next week, Harry, mm-hmm. we've just spent a very long time talking about a very bad, massive, notorious flop of, of Real Smith's career. Mm. So I think next week we should go the other way and talk about a film that was actually very successful. Okay. So next week we are going to discuss a rare Will Smith film that was a huge hit, but did not so far spawn any kind of franchise. Okay. A rare rom-com, mm-hmm. his only rom-com, I believe. Um, oh, I know where this is going. Yep. Next week... You and I are going to be discussing the classic romantic comedy, Mm -hmm. Hitch. This is going to be something else. It's going to be something. (laughs) Brilliant. Great. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. And join us next week for Hitch. Cool. See you later. See you later. Bye.